Hello, this is Shoshana Pupka with the Ava Torah Sirius Simcha Recording 7. We spoke last about genetics accounting for 50% of our happiness set point, and I'm curious if that percentage is in line with what you were thinking, or perhaps you were under the impression that genetics would play a bigger role or a smaller one. As we mentioned, genetics is accompanied by circumstances and deliberate activities as the three factors that influence a person's chronic happiness level. Before we define and understand these latter two factors, let's talk a little bit more about the role that genetics play. Our genetics, our wiring, is what determines by 50% whether we first notice the glass half full or half empty. And modern society has made it clear that those who see the glass half full get a pat on the back, while those who see it half empty, well, they need to go work on themselves. Here's the problem with this outlook. It basically affirms that half the population is born flawed. And I don't know about you, but I have a hard time believing this to be true. I think what's far more accurate is that seeing the glass half empty, which we'll call a pessimistic outlook, has a real image problem. Because pessimism is not the same thing as being perpetually negative. It isn't the equivalent of being a Debbie Downer, just as much as optimism isn't about being a Pollyanna. To the contrary, pessimism, when understood correctly, is a strength in many contexts. We learn from a lot of clinical research that it's the pessimists who are better at building safety nets, assessing risks and avoiding them, and staying prepared practically and emotionally for challenging situations. FDR captured this truth in a quote in which he said, there are moments when optimism is cowardice. What we need in those moments is sobering and energizing pessimism. It's the cult of optimism which has fueled national complacency, and this is a clear and present danger. So instead of falling into the trap of thinking that pessimists are perpetually negative and therefore flawed, we need to shift our understanding and begin to embrace what the researchers call constructive pessimism. And those who are born with a pessimistic outlook should be encouraged to lean into their inclination and to develop and nurture the strengths that it offers. And yes, it's true as with all other traits, that left to its extreme, it can evolve into chronic negativity. But remember that optimism left to its extreme becomes toxic positivity. Another important outcome of the genetics unhappiness can best be understood through a concept called the hedonic treadmill. The hedonic treadmill, also known as hedonic adaptation, is the tendency of people to return to their personal baseline of happiness despite major positive or negative events in their life. This means that even with extreme interruptions like winning the lottery or becoming paraplegic, The research substantiates that over time, and in many of these specific cases, over time was just one year later, people returned to their personal 
level of happiness before those events. I know it sounds crazy, but the data shows that we can't but help return to our set point, which is heavily influenced by our genetics. So should this leave us feeling like the pursuit of improved happiness is futile? The answer, thankfully, is no. There are things we can do. And defining the second two factors will help us begin that conversation. We'll start with that next time.